0: Welcome to Unsuitable on Ray Radio, the award-winning financial services and business advisory podcast that challenges your old school business practices and the traditional business suit culture. Our guests are industry professionals and experts who will challenge you to think beyond the suit and tie while offering you meaningful modern solutions to help enhance your company's growth. I'm your host, Dave Kane. Do you offer a retirement plan as part of your benefit package? Then you're probably familiar with a census form. Do you know why this form is necessary? Andrea McLean, a senior manager and retirement plan consultant and expert at Ray Associates, is here to explain the retirement plan census data while passing along some best practices that can keep you from getting lost in the paperwork. Andrea chose a great week to join us today because she can help us celebrate National Employee Benefits Day, which just happens to be April 2nd of this year. Welcome back to Unsuitable, Andrea.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Hey, did you know that this week was National Employee Benefits
1: Day? That is very exciting.
0: You know, what are you uh, <laughs> what are you doing uh what are you doing for your uh, podcast host uh this week as a as a as a gift? That and, is a, and the production crew, we're looking for uh feedback.
1: That is a very good question. I don't have anything in mind, but
0: I will think. Well, you know, by the end of the week you can have something by for us. By the end
1: of the podcast, I might have something for you. <clears throat>
0: there you go. You know, uh, you've been um, on uh, uh, Unsuitable before as a guest and and had some great uh, insight on uh, retirement plan design. Today, we're going to take a little bit of a twist and talk about, I guess, it's retirement plan uh, compliance and this census data form that, um, you know, we'll dig into it. But you shared an example with me that just kind of scared the heck out of me. So uh, we want to kind of dig into that a little bit. But What is a census data form? Talk to me about that.
1: All right. A census data form is something that we send out every year. Um, We have to request all the indicative data from your employees in order to do your testing and calculate your employee contribution each year.
0: So this is the starting point for when you jump in. I guess for lack of a better term, it's maybe think of an Excel spreadsheet with all the employees and all their kind of compensation and all that. And from there, you you take it.
1: Absolutely. And that's a very good point. A lot of times people think that because it's a retirement plan, they only have to give us their information for the people that are participating. But we actually need that data for every single employee of your company, every single person that gets a W-2.
0: Well, that's a good point. So even if you, uh, yeah, each and every employee, just not the ones that are eligible. I assume that every time you get this report, the census report, that it's a 100% accurate. Never. Never.
1: Very infrequently.
0: Okay. So when you get incorrect numbers, just like when we do a, a corporate tax return or an individual tax return, If the data we get isn't very good, then the outcome isn't very good.
1: That's right. Garbage
0: in, garbage out. And uh, uh, this is a little bit different twist because if we make a mistake, uh, owner makes a mistake, it only impacts his personal tax liability on his return if he gives us incorrect data. But here, if we're getting incorrect data, it's not your money. It's the employee's money for the most
1: case. That is true. That is true. So we need to make sure that our information is correct, so that we get to a good outcome. But we also don't slow down the process.
0: You know, you you referred to the term testing. When you get this data, what are you? What all are you testing for? Sounds like oh boy, I'm getting a blood test and I'm going to test this, this, and this. But what are you testing for?
1: We're testing to make sure that the plan is in compliance. The contributions that they put in aren't out of the ordinary or follow all the rules. And we're also testing to make sure all the right people are in the plan and are getting a contribution.
0: That's a, that's a lot of testing and a lot of things that could go wrong. So let's start with when you do the testing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're testing to see that it's compliance with the document that was approved by the IRS and certainly the Department of Labor has a say in that. So correct. So we have to have that. That's number one. Okay. Now, I had a, my business had a very profitable year. I want to do something pretty awesome this year, and I want to beef up all the retirement contributions, not only my own, but of the employees. That's a great goal.
1: Uh, we design our plans so that we have some flexibility to maximize the owners if that is their intention, or we can maximize a tax deduction, if that's your goal. Um, we can do, our plans are designed to be flexible so that we can meet your retirement plan needs and your tax deduction needs.
0: Sure. And uh, you guys are um, uh, very resourceful, and, uh, but you're not magicians. You can't make uh, things uh, what they aren't, so you're relying heavily, heavily on the census data that you that got. get. Correct. Now you shared an example with me and this is where this is where I kind of came out of my seat where you showed me an example where there were uh and this was a real life example uh five employees and the census data on all five of those employees was incorrect.
1: That's right. It's very important if you have a 401k plan and you're withholding deferrals from someone's pay that what you withhold from their paycheck is remitted correctly to the record keeper. I think in the case that the example that I sent to you, either it was incorrect on the census data that was provided to us, or they actually sent in a different amount to the record keeper than what was withheld from the paycheck.
0: Yikes. Okay. All right. Now you got me going. Now, Okay. So if it's, uh, uh, again, do uh, okay, so it crosses your desk. It's incorrect. Uh, do I have as a business owner? How long do I have to correct uh, that information?
1: It needs to be corrected as soon as possible, but at the latest by the end of the year.
0: By the end of the plan year or taxable yes. year, okay. Yes. And um, what happens if those if those errors go undetected? I mean, I could I could conceivably say my balance is wrong. That's what that's what I was concerned. If this census data is not correct. My balance, my 401k balance is is wrong. That's correct. How about that?
1: Now, now I'm really angry. So, here's where we're going to go. Okay, let's go. That's one of the reasons you hire Ray and Associates, and you hire us as a third-party administrator to check that for you. So, you do not have an incorrect balance going forward.
0: So, you're the the auditor. You're the watchdog of that census data. You know, again, and in, in it, it's kind of a good the discussion that hey, you're going to get the census data, but we're going to do everything we can uh, to um, get it as correct as possible as a trusted advisor, et cetera. But uh, again, not everybody subscribes to that. So there are census data out there, I'm sure, that are incorrect.
1: Right. And I think that people, I don't think they look forward to the time of year when we send our census request. But I think one of the important things to remember is it's, it's very important for your plan to submit your census timely and to submit it correctly.
0: Yeah, get it done quickly and correctly. And I guess the message, like you said, to our to our listeners is, you know, sometimes this is one of those things that's rush, rush, um, might not get the attention that it
1: needs. It's not a good time of year to re-requesting.
0: And it's not a good time of year and it's fast. So I think the message is get it done correctly and quickly so you can do your thing. Ultimately, if there is a problem, and the business owners uh, who or the trustees are responsible to get that fixed. So good. Okay, let's move on to talking about beneficiary and beneficiary forms. What's going on there? What you know? I, I when I signed up with with the uh, business. Yeah, as an employee, I filled out all this paperwork. I mean, I I got I filled out the beneficiary form. Why do I got to fill it out again?
1: How long ago was that, Dave? Uh,
0: might have been like forty years ago. Things change. So uh, I need to put my third wife on that as a beneficiary, right?
1: <laughs> yes, that would be wise.
0: Because, <laughs> as you say, stuff happens from time to time.
1: Yes, uh, this is another topic that isn't very glamorous, but it's truly is important because stuff does happen. Um, we advise our clients to fill that, to have their participants fill that form out annually or if there's a change, a, change, a life change. Very few do it.
0: What's your recommendation as far as how often should I be looking at that beneficiary? Is it an annual thing? I would
1: say at least annually. And one of the other misconceptions is that your record keeper or we as a third-party administrator are going to keep that on file for you. It's the trustee's responsibility, the plan administrator's responsibility. My advice is to have that filled out annually, even for participants who aren't taking money out of their paycheck, because they could be getting a safe harbor contribution or a Profit sharing contribution. So you may not think that they need to fill out the form, but every participant needs to fill out that form in the plan, and it needs to be in their personnel file. That's yeah. our recommendation. You know,
0: you'd mention, "Hey, this isn't glamorous stuff to talk about," but in a way, it it really is because it's a it, it's one of the very unique benefits that employers can offer. And the worst thing that can happen is if that benefit is not correct or, or goes, goes awry. So uh, again, I think all of these things, even though they aren't maybe at the top of our list to talk about a cocktail parties, they are things that have to be done on a regular basis. So that's where your team comes in as the, as the uh, TPA or you know the third-party advisor, administrator, is you're going to help me keep these things straight.
1: That's true. And that is another common misconception. Because we're the third-party administrator, a lot of plan sponsors think that we're also the plan administrator. And it's two different distinct uh-huh. entities. The plan administrator is the plan sponsor. And we, as the third-party administrator, are the TPA. And we're going to help you stay in compliance.
0: So you're the referee. You're you're the umpire. You're going to like, hey, we're going to make the call on whether this is right, wrong, or indifferent. That's and right. and uh, also make recommendations if documents uh, uh, need amended. So they um, want to switch gears a little bit. You know, obviously we had a a, a big tax uh, uh, overhaul uh, at the end of uh, last year and flowing into 2019. But have there been any uh, recent tax changes that impact the retirement plans?
1: Not too many as of yet.
0: Not not as yet. But is uh, you sense uh, from your experience is reform on the way?
1: <laughs> Always. I don't know who could predict it right now.
0: Yeah. But as uh, as as it kind of goes, there's probably some uh, some adjustments ahead. But again, you guys uh design the plans and, and look at that each and every year to make sure that it is uh up to date.
1: Up to date and as flexible as we can make it.
0: How often should my retirement document be reviewed by you guys?
1: That is a very good question. Um, It all depends on your goals. I just had a situation um, this week where the plan owner, um, we had locked down their plan for distributions. He did not want any of his employees to be able to take any distributions. Um, That was not one of their priorities. And then he decided or came to the age when it was time to retire. So we had to go look at his document because he wanted to continue working, but wasn't working as often as he was in the past and wanted to change those distribution provisions. So um, it all depends on what your business goal is, on how often that needs to be reviewed. Um, They do have to be restated every six years, but as a general practice, it depends on your situation and we can look at them as often as you need.
0: So every six years by uh, by regulation, your Correct. your document does have to be uh, reviewed, okay? Yes. I, I was not aware of that. That's good. good piece of information. Um, if we do need to add a benefit, let's say, to a plan, like you would mentioned, you were making some changes within the plan for distributions or whatever. But if you wanted to make uh, changes in a plan, let's say, like... Uh, hardship withdrawals or whatever else is in there. Is
1: that uh, uh, something your group advises on? Yes, we can advise on that. We can do um, most things prospectively. A lot of times we have clients saying, hey, can you make this change for us? Last month? No, that's too late. So anytime. Old back
0: date. The old back date thing, huh?
1: Never. Not in the retirement plan division. Um, Never, never. We can we can cut. We can make those changes prospectively. Um, So it's very important if you have any questions or there is a business situation that you contact us before.
0: Sure, sure. What other errors kind of help our audience? out our listeners, what other areas have you run across uh, the last several years as as you were kind of consulting or or doing census data are there anything that jumps out uh, for you as far as errors that you know you want to share with us?
1: Um, I think the most common area are participant loans. Um, some plans allow participant loans, some plans don't allow participant loans, but I think that's one of the biggest areas where we see people, Mess things up,
0: messing up. Okay,
1: um, either they don't take out the loan repayment right away, so they end up being behind on the amortization schedule, or um, maybe the record keeper allows them to take a larger loan than they truly are, ava- you know, truly is available. Um, so we try to monitor um, the participant loans pretty right. co- pretty closely. Right.
0: As a uh, as an owner, can I uh, develop a plan that would? prohibit loans? Is that possible?
1: Yes, that is definitely possible. Um, the participant loans give the give an employee the opportunity to take money out of the plan and pay it back. But that time period when the money is out of the market, they're not getting it's any pretty tough. Yeah. interest on it. yeah. Um, and the really bad thing that happens, I call it the cubicle effect. Once you allow loans, it's like, Person takes a loan and then this person takes a loan and then this person takes a loan and then all of a sudden you have money out of your everybody retirement account. Yeah. So I yeah. mean it needs to be there. If you're taking money out of your paycheck that you could use to buy groceries or anything like that, you know, you need to have a safety net in there. It's right. whether or not you want to allow participant loans or a hardship distribution or something to that effect.
0: So those things there is a time and a place, but maybe not, uh, you know, let's let's make it a little more difficult and challenging to get get it out because, quite frankly, the, the idea of that benefit was to put it away for retirement. You know, savings, uh, retirement savings is, is I think, um, critical as we look at the various uh, generations. Uh, what are you seeing as far as um, younger people entering the workforce? Uh, do you have a sense, are, are they embracing the idea of saving in the 401k?
1: I think so. And the earlier you start, the better off you are in the long run.
0: You know, we see this thing and hear this thing about the Roth uh, idea within a plan. Is uh, what do you think about that?
1: It comes in and goes in relief, well,
0: and maybe I don't know what uh, I' trying to read you here.
1: It's been around for so long. Not very many people have taken advantage of it. The way that I've heard it described the best is if you're young and you can afford it, put away the money after tax because there are going to be advantages. The theory is that the The tax rate now is going to be lower than the tax rate later when you retire. And you're also, the other way I had it described to me was that you'd have two buckets of money. You have one bucket of pre-tax money, which you're going to have to take at a certain point when you're age 70 and a half. You're going to have to start taking the distributions because the government wants their money. And then you're going to have another bucket of money that you can take tax-free and penalty-free once you reach retirement age. Sure.
0: Sure. So, so again, as we kind of celebrate National Benefit Week, uh, one of the things I guess we can talk to our clients about is, hey, let's, uh, you know, let's celebrate the 401k benefit because it's a great benefit. Agreed. You're celebrating. Yes. Yes. Uh, For every, uh, again, this is more of an opinion, but for every 10 businesses that you run across and talk to, um, would you say 10 out of 10 have a retirement plan?
1: I would say that's...
0: It's more on the rise? Abs- that's a good thing.
1: It is a very good thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. As we um, go through 2019, what's uh, some advice you can have for a business owner on their retirement plan?
1: I would say just put away as much money as you are able to save.
0: And we're hearing the term that's creeping in. Uh, you guys, uh, your team is always talking to us about cash balance plans. And uh, is that maybe something I should put on my radar as a business owner to look at in in 2019?
1: If you are maxing out your 401k plan or your profit sharing plan, we could we would be more than happy to put together a cash balance plan illustration. Um, I've actually terminated, I think five cash balance plans in the past two years. The owners had them in place for 10 years and they maxed them out. They absolutely maxed them out. And that's a, that's a great thing.
0: So a good planning uh, tool that your team can uh, bring to the table. There's uh, a lot of different ways uh, to accomplish this. So, so good. So I want to kind of wrap up a little bit. One is uh, certainly talk about the importance of the census data. Uh, get it done. Do it right. Do it correctly because that's your starting point to get the maximum benefit for all the participants. Uh, beneficiary forms don't blow that off. You know, if you've had a life changing experience, uh, take a look at it. Marriage, divorce,
1: birth of a child,
0: update your forms. And uh, you know, I think we've all run into where there's been a death uh, with one of our clients, and the beneficiary forms was would not correct. So we know that. Take a look at that. And certainly uh, payroll withholding, you know double-check, uh, triple-check the uh, withholding from your payroll and make sure it gets deposited correctly. And let's put cash balance planning on the agenda for 2019. Do it sooner than later. You don't want to be talking to people on December 28, 2019. Let's, uh, let's do it sooner than, than later. And actually, National Employee Benefits Day could be. a a time uh, to do that. So um, again, our guest today has been Andrea McLean with Ray & Associates uh, Pension and Retirement Planning Specialist Group. Uh, You guys are awesome to work with and uh, uh, enjoy the insight that you give to to our clients. So thanks again for joining us today, Andrea. Perfect. I'm glad you were able to stop by today and talk about the retirement plan census data. It's nice to know the reasoning behind the process. Hopefully, our listeners found your insight valuable. Listeners, did you enjoy today's episode? Let us know, like it, comment on it, or share it. And don't forget to check out videos of our podcast on YouTube. Until next time, I'm Dave Kane. encouraging you to loosen up your tie and think outside the box.